Welcome back to Gays with Kids, a podcast about creating and raising families together. My name is David Dodge. I'm the executive editor of Gays with Kids. And today I'm bringing you the final episode in our four part series on the future of IBF. I can't believe it's over so soon. Can't wait to see if we get renewed for season two. Um, just kidding, we we will be because we renew ourselves. Anyway, today's topic is a fun one and one that I'm gonna start with this question. Why does it seem like so many gay men who use IVF end up with twins? From Neil Patrick Harris to Ricky Martin, there's no shortage of examples of gay couples with twins in popular culture. And over the years at GWK, we've brought you countless stories of gay men with twins who use surrogacy and IVF to start their families. So just to cut to the chase, no, it's not a coincidence. There are actually a couple of really good reasons why twins are more prevalent among gay men who use IVF, but this trend is also changing and we'll likely see fewer gay men with twins in the future for reasons that are also super interesting. And hopefully that was enough of a cliffhanger to keep you listening. <laughs> uh, so today I'm excited to be talking about this all with Dr. Gerald Goldstein, a leading expert in the field and a reproductive endocrinologist with the Fertility Specialist of Texas. Enjoy the episode. Please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if uh, you're interested in surrogacy to start your family, stay tuned at the end of the episode where we're going to talk about a couple of ways to get started on your journey. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Joe Goldstein, a fertility specialist of Texas. We're excited to have you. Hi. Glad to be on. Okay. So Ricky Martin, Neil Patrick Harris, Cheyenne Jackson, from the outside, it can kind of seem like if you're a gay man that does surrogacy, you're going to end up with twins. <laughs> uh, so can you talk about why it is that we see so many gay men who uh, use IVF and surrogacy as their family building path uh, end up with twins? I think that in the past, there's really a couple of reasons. First is, is that in the past, the um, going through IVF, um, the success rates were not as good as they are right now. And to, to make sure that they would at least end up with one healthy pregnancy, you would have to transfer three embryos or even more than that. And now you really don't need to do that because we have techniques that are able to uh, give us a much better idea of that the embryo is, is, is normal, like you know, genetic testing of the embryo. And so we don't have to transfer as many embryos to make sure that someone, you know, develops a, you know, that has, has a pregnancy. So I think it's really exciting time now because by and large, um, you know, going to a good fertility center now that you can basically feel like that you are um, going to end up having a child, hopefully with your first embryo transfer, but certainly by, you know, if you have to have two single embryo transfers, it, that, you know, that, that, that should really do the job. So that's one reason. Um, I think the other reason is, is that now there's also, given the fact that you have to use a surrogate, right, to carry to carry the pregnancy, that is a um, that's an expensive part of the procedure, and so you know, in an ideal situation, I see a lot of you know a lot of gay men, and, and they'll be like, you know, I want to, you'll do split insemination, so you'll fertilize the, the eggs with both of the both of the guys, and you can separate out the you know who's are you know. Whose, whose eggs to, um, are devoted to which partner. And from their perspective, it's like if you transfer two embryos and they each have a biological sibling and they deliver full term, that's the perfect you know situation. But with that, there comes a lot of risk. And so you hear about people that go through and, and everything worked out great, but then there's also people that deliver at 24 weeks and it's not really ideal. So that I, I would say is really the second reason why there's you're feel like that, you know, a lot of gay guys have, have, um, have, have twins. 
Right, exactly. So keeping in mind, I'm, I'm kind of wanting to get into the science of this a little bit, but keeping in mind that uh, the vast majority of people uh, listening <laughs> are not reproductive endocrinologists. What about it? IVF has gotten better over the years. Like how, what technically is happening that um, that's making it uh, more efficient? Well, primarily the laboratory um, portion, you know, that, that, that when it's important to, to, to remember that um, when you're looking at IVF facilities that you have the doctor component, right? The personality on and on and on. But the thing is, is that if the doctor has a great personality, but the lab is not good, it doesn't help you because ultimately you're interested in going home with really with a, with a baby. And so it's important to go to a facility that has a very good laboratory and you look at those numbers, but it, overall across the country, that the labs have gotten better. They've had you know, culture media that's become more standardized in terms of the, the environment where the embryos are kept has gotten better. Air handling systems have gotten better. Just overall, the labs have gotten better, so it means, so the embryos are of a higher quality, and um, and that I think is, is in large part has made really a, a, a big difference in terms of of the ability to to transfer you know a single embryo and having a really good chance of, of that embryo and planning and making a baby. And what would you say is the success rate? Or let's say you have a healthy man, um, healthy sperm source, healthy egg donor, healthy surrogate. Uh, what can people expect now, um, like percentage-wise, to be uh, the success rate? Well, I think that it's important to talk to the um, the center that you're, that, you know, the, the, the doctor that you're seeing, and finding out what the the, the success rate is, with, you know, at, at, at their center. And our, you know, for, it's about I, I would say. 70 to 75 percent so it's not 100 percent even if you have a totally genetically normal embryo transfer that embryo into a uterus that's perfect right it's still not 100 percent but it's definitely much better um than, than it was five years ago so does that mean we've kind of reached the pinnacle of where we're going to get with the science do you think or is there still room to improve you know i think that it's, it's never going to be 100 percent but there i think that there will be you know that we're not you know we're not there yet um and if there will be some small, you know, refinements, but it's definitely gotten much more, um, it, it's made um, physicians much more comfortable about being able to, um, to really talk to, to guys that are looking at building a family and saying, you know what, you're going to have a baby. You're going to be, you're going to be fathers. Um, you know, it's not going to be, you have to be the lucky one to have it work out because it really shouldn't be that way. Right now, it's it's not that way in 2021. So that is a very reassuring um, feeling, especially given the fact that you're devoting a, you know a lot of resources to making this happen, giving up a lot to make you know to, 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 to make this happen. So you know you you want to be um, we want to feel confident that we're going to be able to you know make make it happen. And I assume that um, if the first shot, it's a three and four chance of success that, you know, if, if it doesn't happen that one, that first time for you, that the second and the third time, obviously, by, by the third embryo transfer, it's probably much. Exactly. Yes. Yes. It, well, it's not the success rate. It's not each individual transfer. It's really sure. the same. same, same, same never, but like, you know, like I said, everything, you know, it's like when I tell men that, that, I, that I see that are, that are going through, I'm like, you know, we transfer one embryo. Everything's dependent on that one embryo. You want it to implant, but if it doesn't implant, you have other embryos that are not normal. Then you know that that it is. Um, you still have a really, really good chance of it. You know, of it, of it happening. And I think that that's really important, really, you know, to, to keep in mind because a lot of times it's like that. 
you know, when you do the embryo transfer, everything is really dependent on that, you know, transfer. And it's just it, that, they, you know, it's not like a guarantee to happen, but you know, you know, they have other embryos frozen that it's going to, you know, it's going to, it's going to, it's going to, it's going to happen. Okay, so let's switch a little bit to talking about the other reason that we see so many gay men uh, with twins, uh, which, uh, as you were alluding to, is that, you know, if you're a part of a same-sex couple, you might both want to have a baby that's genetically related to you. So, you know, it could be ideal to walk walk in, a, you know, your clinic and come out with, <laughs> come out with the two babies right away, just get it done with um, in one fell swoop. Um, and, and that, you know, that makes sense. But, um, and again, I think just seeing it in pop culture, seeing so many gay men, um, that have twins, that's probably, uh, something that people walk in assuming that, uh, is still really commonplace. And obviously a lot of clinics still do, um, multiple embryo transfers, even given some of the risks. And, uh, but so what's the process you now walk people through, uh, a same sex couple walks in your door. Um, how do you kind of talk to them about, um, and, and they want to transfer two embryos. How do you kind of talk them through this process? Well, I, I tell them. One is that my role is education. So making sure that 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 I have basically said, you know, this are the risks that are you know that are, that are associated with this, and that they know and, and that they're aware of that, and that um, that the goal really is a sing, is, is a single health a healthy pregnancy. You know, and then why is it more risky when you transfer two embryos? Because one is because you know there's a, the, the biggest risk is really that the baby can deliver early. Right. So if the baby delivers at 35 weeks instead of 38 weeks, it's not it's not a big deal. Right. But if it's at 28 weeks or 26 weeks, then that it then it becomes more more of an issue. And particularly if it has issues, you know, with their, you know, brain development and things like that. So by and large, you know, when, when you when I'm talking to a couple, I'm like, you know, obviously most people with twins do do well. But the thing is, is that some people don't. And it's really hard to know who those who those people are. So from my perspective, as long as I feel confident, you know, if I call through and I said the risk and they say they want to transfer two embryos, we don't have a problem doing that. Because it's not really for me to, you know, I don't feel like it's really for, you know, for me to decide. It's just to make sure that they understand really what's going on and then they say okay this is what we want to do and 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 that's and that's really what we do right and and this from the surrogate's perspective i assume it's the, the same sort of um uh spiels given like you talk to her about the well about, right yeah. so so from a surrogate from the surrogate's perspective i think that i can just tell you from my you know um experience that i've been practicing since um 2000 that um we used to do it much more routinely transfer more two three embryos you know for, um, and now it's becoming harder to recruit surrogates that are willing to undergo to, to do that. And so that has become more of a, it's also become an issue in terms of finding surrogates that are willing to, you know, that are willing to transfer to embryos. So I think that the, you know, as long as, again, but as long as you understand that and you talk to a couple and say, listen, you may have to wait longer for a surrogate that, you know, that's willing to do that, then that's fine. I can see a lot of benefits in terms of being one and done, right? And um, that, you know, but I also know that it's, a, um, you know, that it's a lot, you know, coming home with two, you know, with two young kids at the same time. Absolutely. And um, I can tell you that I certainly have talked to you know, guys of, you know, that have done that and they're, you know, coming back and they're like, don't ever, don't ever do that again. Careful what you wish for. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? But, but, but the thing is, is that, you know, whenever really makes the most sense. 
So, and it also potentially, I mean, surrogacy is also famously very expensive, um, but uh, a twin's pregnancy has the risk of uh, increasing costs um, as well. Is that right? Well, so again, you know, from our perspective, really the surrogacy agency is much better at speaking about this, but, but that, um, you know, when you transfer um, to typically that there, um, there can, there are associated risks in terms of, you know, clothing allowance and, you know, things like that, but also, for example, you know, I, um, you know, understand if you deliver early in, or if the, if, the, if the surrogate has to take time off of work and then someone has to be paying for that time that she would normally be getting paid at work. And, you know, a lot of other, uh, a, a lot of other costs that are associated with that, um, that, that I think is important to, you know, to consider. So I think that when you, there's, again, there's benefit, you know, risk and benefits to, to doing it um, both ways. But by and large, I would say from our perspective, really, you know, most of the transfers were doing were single transfers. Sorry. Okay. So yeah. How big of a decrease in twins' pregnancies have you seen through IVF over the course of your career? Is that pretty dramatic? Uh, oh, very, very dramatic. Wow. Okay. And and, I, and it's been very dramatic, I think, because it's been harder to find surrogates that are willing to, right. you right. know, that, that, are, that, that they're willing to um, transfer really, you know, two embryos. And so it, there's been, you know, the fact is, it's just that from a medical perspective, a singleton pregnancy is the safest thing you know it's really the safest and it, it's the most likely you know when you transfer two embryos if you have you know if something happens with one of them it's not developing it can affect the development of the other one you know what i mean um, and, and, and it's just more you know certainly it's it can be more you know more complicated yes there are people with twins that do great great cm and they're everything's fine but there are other but there are other times that it becomes more you know more of an issue particularly if there's a problem with the child that you know that the long term that comes from delivering early, really. Right, right. So, but I, I assume, again, just because of the uh, prevalence of uh, particularly gay men with twins through surrogacy um, from years past uh, that are just kind of very much in the public eye, um, you're still getting a lot of people, uh, couples that come in requesting that. But then I, I assume, and again, some of them may want to follow it, through. And, and, we're, do, and we're definitely doing it. I just did right, it you right. know, this, oh, past, this past week. But, but the thing is that, that I... I think that there's definitely a lot more information out sure. there in terms of you're hearing a lot of, a lot more. So, you know, for me, I certainly bring up the discussion about transferring a single embryo. I don't, we don't, you know, we're not mandating that you transfer, you know, sure. it's not right. only going to transfer, you know, transfer a single embryo. And ultimately it's up to the, up to, up to them to decide. And they, you know, the general trend is just that there's definitely transferring a, you know, single embryo transfers. Right, right. So yeah, people understand the risk. They understand it might increase costs and wait time. They still want to go through with it. And right. obviously people are still doing this. Um, but uh, but what are some of the other options? So let's say a couple comes in, they both want to have a biological child through surrogacy. Uh, do you just recommend that they do two different journeys? And, and Or what's the... Yeah. Well, yeah. So I would say for us, certainly... You know that they would. You know, usually that you, if they're doing split and some, you know, split insemination, then that you know they go through the create embryos. We know who has um, how many embryos each of them have, and whether you know, and also the differences. Um, they're genetically normal as well as you know you, you can determine the sex, and then they typically decide among themselves of who wants to be go first, basically, right? Whose embryo they want to, you know, they. they, they want to transfer so typically you know we do that and then we may see another surrogate four months later that you know the other one's going through and you know transferring right. them or they'll wait till it you know the baby you know the baby delivers and then they're like you know the partner's ready to go right and right. And, and i and i think that that's certainly um 
there are a lot of you know benefits to that. Obviously, you know, when you go into the second time, it's like you've been there, done that. It's not so scary right. that they um, are much more you know much more prepared. You know, in terms of like you know dealing with a, a newborn, it's um, it, you know it's it's a, it's a it's a totally different you know right. different 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 process really. And I do know that um, a lot of surrogacy agencies will, again, counseling them on the same things that you do about um, a twin pregnancy, will offer discounts on a, a sibling journey or like yes. a, a dual journey, doing them at the same time, even right. Um, right. two different surrogates. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so there are other options today, yeah. which, uh, yeah. which is, in, so it, I think it'll just be interesting to see in the next, you know, five, 10 years, like the prevalence of gay men with twins <laughs> drop pretty dramatically. Maybe yeah. people won't expect it as much when they, when they walk into your office. Right. Um, so one last uh, topic I want to throw at you that we were discussing a little bit before <laughs> I press recording, and I uh, was talking about an article I'd written about um, uh, the future of IVF and uh, whether there would potentially be a day in which we could be using skin cells uh, to be reproducing any cell in the human body, so, uh, which would mean potentially that we could be reproducing uh, same sex couple could reproduce on our own, which would obviously alleviate the need or the uh, interest in walking in with twins. So I know that this is uh, uh, science fiction-y, but it's being tested in mice and everything like that. But so uh, what what are your thoughts on, like, how, how soon do you think that we might be able to do that? I think that um, from what I understand in terms of, you know, reading about this, that it's in a very early, you know, it's in the very early stages. And there, you know, that you often hear about stories because they're very catchy um, in terms of, for example, using stem cells to even uh, program them to make a uterus, make a bunch of uteruses. So you can envision walking into a, you know, a, I don't know, working into a hospital and have all these uteruses that are in incubators and, right, and, right, and, right. and, and, and that your your embryo is, is there and you don't have to deal with, you know, dealing with the surrogate or any of her issues of a clothing allowance or anything like that. You, you basically would, you know, you would go in and you'd make sure that, you know, they would tell you the temperature is fine and everything's great. Um, and, 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 and it working out, but I think it's a very, I think that there's a, really a ways to go to do that. I think that they're definitely have done some preliminary work with mice that, that, it, that have shown that, that, you know, that it, it could be a possibility, but I, I myself feel like that it's really, um, you know, right now, I think that, you know, certainly if you're ready to be, you know, parents, you, you know, that you're, this is not necessarily in my lifetime, right, uh, right. but um, it's very interesting. So right. we'll, we'll yeah. see. So just so listeners know, this is something that's being researched, but still science fiction. So right. I apologize in advance, right. Dr. Goldstein, if people start walking in your in your, in your right. office asking right. for that one that's related to both of them. And you can blame me if that happens, but, so but it's not quite but, there. But it's definitely, you know, I, I do think, however, that, you know, now, you know, when I know when I started practicing, transferring an embryo based on sex was like not, not even heard of, right? But I think that there, you know, I, I don't know, you know, in terms of, um, there's been a lot of talk about selecting certain genetic traits and things like that. Right. I know that I'm like, you know, I'm like um, five, you know, five, seven, I'd like to be six, three. Um, so it would be, I know that if I maybe had the opportunity, I told my wife, you know, I told my wife that I'd like to be able to, that we would have, I definitely would have um, wanted to stick that gene in there to increase, <laughs> increase you know what I mean? Which is, so I don't even know. As someone yeah. who's five foot five, I take offense to that. And no, I'm joking. It's oh, right. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> so, so, but, it, but, it, but it, you know what I mean? But that, that is much more. No, right. That is right. So that, I guess that's much what's more, so... It's much more, you know, much more, um, 
and just seeing how quickly the science has evolved on all of this stuff. It's yeah. great, you know, like we, we yeah. wouldn't have been having this conversation right. 20 right. years ago, 15 years ago. So uh, who knows another 20 years from now, you know, what the future will hold. If you didn't do, if you didn't take advantage of that opportunity that your doctor offered you to have that, those extra six inches that you're putting your child at significant right. no, exactly. yeah, exactly. their life and, you know what I mean? And it, it Can't be a big, basketball team is over and it's your fault. Be, oh, yeah. You're not going to be a good parent, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Scary so, future. Dr. <laughs> no, Dr. Goldstein, thank you so much for breaking down twins with us. I hope everyone uh, learned a lot through that. Um, and we'll see you on a future podcast. Excellent. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode, as well as our entire series on the future of IVF. If you haven't listened to the previous episodes yet, um, what are you waiting for? Please do. They're equally as educational. Uh, but particularly for any gay buyer trans men that's uh, thinking about pursuing surrogacy, these are uh, useful things to know about. I also just want to thank one last time each of the experts you've heard from over the last four weeks. These include Dr. Guy Ringler of California Fertility Partners, Dr. Jennifer Hirschfeld Citron of Fertility Centers of Illinois, Dr. Mark Leanderis of RMACT, and today's guest, Dr. Gerald Goldstein, a fertility specialist of Texas. So these experts have actually dedicated just a ton of time to helping GWK expand our resources online about surrogacy and IVF for queer men. These include articles, videos, webinars, and more that touch on basically every aspect of surrogacy. So um, go check them out. They're available on our learning center at gazewithkids.com slash surrogacy. And you can actually also book a free consult with any and all of the experts you've heard from over the last four weeks. You can go to the resources tab of our website. Just click on partners to fatherhood to schedule that. So this actually concludes the first season of the GWK podcast. Uh, I really hope you've enjoyed it. We really enjoyed making it. Um, if you have enjoyed it, please like and subscribe. And we'll be back in a couple weeks with uh, season two. And we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to get some feedback on how this season went. Uh, email us at dads at casewithkids.com with any feedback on this previous season and also suggestions for next season. If you have guests in mind or topics you'd like us to discuss, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Um, so thanks again for listening and we'll see you again in a couple weeks. Thank you.